<laughs> hey, Courtney. Hey, Miles. What be a pirate's favorite kind of sweater? Kind of sweater? Crew neck. <laughs> That's a good one, actually. <laughs> Argyle. Oh. Argyle. And what is a pirate's favorite letter? R. You would think it would be the R, but it's but actually it's the C. It's the C. Yeah, I got it. <laughs> you got it. Took me a second, but so I got proud it. of you. but actually it's long, long John Silvers. Yeah, that's what I was looking up <laughs> just a second ago. <laughs> so how's it going? Good. So um, earlier today when you were in class, mm-hmm. I was working and I get a call from this girl and, you know, it's just, it's a work call. So um, she's scheduling a job that she needed an interpreter for, yada, yada, yada. And once I finish up, I'm about to give her her job number. And then she goes, hey, I have a question for you. And I was like, yeah, sure. What's up? She's like, hey, is your job hiring? <laughs> I'm like, <Wow>. oh. <laughs> so um, I'm like, yeah, uh, I-, I think so. And then she's like, do you like it? Do you work from home? Where do you work? And I'm like, well, I'm in Wyoming. She's like, no, I'm in Washington. I'm like, yeah, that's <laughs> where my company is based out of. I don't know. It was just super funny. Was, that is yeah. really funny. And I was laughing and I was giving her all these details. And then I'm like, okay, so... uh do you want the job number now? <laughs> and then I turned to you and you had your headphones on. So I was, yeah, you missed it. That's fine. Sorry. You had to be there, I guess. Had to be there. You were there. You just weren't there. <laughs> there but not Story there. of my life. <laughs> oh, just kidding. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's a very good wife, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Let the record show. <laughs> We have that on audio now, so <laughs> it's on the internet. Hey, I'm a good I'm... wife. <laughs> the roles are reversed in this relationship. That's true. <laughs> That's true. So, this story, I mean, it's not a long time, but it spans over 70 years. Okay. Give or take. Okay. And it is the story of the OG pirates of the Caribbean. Nuh-uh. Caribbean, Caribbean, however you want to pronounce it. Is that why you asked me stupid pirate jokes? Yep. Oh, <laughs> Set the so theme. Awesome. You know what we should be for Halloween this year? What should we be for Halloween this year? I will be a pirate and you will be my parrot. Oh, like Marshall and Lily, but the opposite? Yeah. Okay. I feel like um, that's the pirate way of saying that you're my... Your this, parrot? This is a PG podcast. <laughs> I can't say that. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, but I thought we would beekeeper and bees and honey we are okay good you just Next gave away year. our costume oh i guess it wasn't a spoiler secret. alert spoiler alert spoiler alert. <laughs> what a day okay <laughs> all right so the og pirates of the caribbean caribbean i'm gonna to the say caribbean because caribbean sounds great we're gonna say caribbean yeah i'm sticking with my whiteness it's I don't say Caribbean or Caribbean too much in the story anyway, so because it's just Get it out it's of just the way set. Now. It's How just many times set can in you the Bahamas. Say it fast? I don't. I don't want to try. <laughs> <laughs> I already messed up the word spoiler, so I'm not going to try trying. Spoiler. <laughs> All right. So this is about the golden age of piracy. So piracy had been existing, I think, 
what I read was like the earliest uh, set of pirates happened back in like 14th century, stuff like that. It probably existed before then. Um, but like, is this like the first like documented case of? Not documented. I no. guess it wouldn't be a case, but like history of it. Yeah, not documented. It's just what they call the golden age of piracy. Okay. So it, um, it's kind of like the times that the Pirates of the Caribbean movies were set in around that time. I see. I yes. see. Like guns and cannons and Justice stuff like that. Justice for Johnny Depp. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So have this golden age of piracy said to last between 1650 and 1720, which is debated among historians, but that's the, the, the general consensus, I guess you could say. And there is a professor, his name is Marcus Redeker of the University of Pittsburgh, and he subdivides the golden age of piracy into three different generations. Okay. So the first generation was the Buccaneers, and that lasted between 1650 and 1680. And the most notable pirate during this time was a pirate by the name of Sir Henry Morgan. That doesn't sound like such a pirate name. It doesn't really. That sounds like more of like the Brits that tried to... Well, a lot of them were British or Welsh or... Yeah, Ah, pirates like that. I guess that makes sense, but it just sounds like a fancy schmancy name. It is... Well, it's Henry Morgan, but we'll, we'll get to his knighthood here in a little bit. Okay. So back in this time... Um, most of the pirates were what they call privateers. Are you aware of the difference between privateers and pirates? Can't say I am. So privateers are basically pirates with papers or permission from their government officials to (laughs) To do to be a pirate. (laughs) And they have, you know, I guess a set of regulations that they're supposed to live by. So like, you know, no breaking treaties or anything like that. But, you know, if it's an enemy... Go, go ahead feel free to read it and another kind of one of these rules that they had was that they can't raid any land mm-hmm. and anyway it's like so we'll the difference it. between like mobs and like mobsters and the government <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> no but seriously i didn't know you could have a license to be a pirate mm-hmm. but that wouldn't that make being a pirate scarier because like what was the other one the Pri- one privateer a privateer I feel like privateers are all those greenies that like always raise their hand in class and ask permission to leave the table. Mm-hmm. Um, and then pirates are the ones that are like actually pirates. Yeah. <laughs> the ones that just leave. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. So anyway, so Henry Morgan and a lot of the pirates as well in the beginning of their lives are kind of, most of them are kind of an enigma as in they, nothing is really said about their beginning or anything. It mainly just happens right when they become, you know, famous for whatever it is. I see. There were multiple events that it was likely that this guy Morgan, Sir Henry Morgan, was a part of, but there's no really evidence that he was. And one of these potential events that he was a part of was he was a group of pirateers led by a guy named Sir Christopher Mings. It even said that Morgan likely captained one of the ships in Mings' fleet. And that was what started his privateering career. Okay. So at the time, it was 1664. The governor of Jamaica was a man named Sir Thomas Modiford. There's a lot of sirs. Sir Thomas Modiford, I think is how you pronounce it. Modiford. 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 M-O-D-Y-F-O-R-D. Modiford. 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 So Modiford was appointed governor 
with the instruction to limit privateering. So he was trying, they basically said, go to Jamaica and you're going to put, not necessarily a stop, but limit how much privateering was going on. Gotcha. And so for the first little bit of his governorship, he did that. But then the economy in Jamaica kind of started, you know, declining. And he went on to reinstate privateering, the activity of privateering. Mm, Okay. And also around this time, there are about 1,500 privateers in Jamaica. Um, that doesn't incl- That's not necessarily captains. It's just people who are part of a privateering crew. Mm-hmm. So about 1,500 people who were able to go privateering. And these 1,500 people also brought a lot of money to the island from the privateering. Mm. And then Morgan, being one of these privateers, he and Modiford be- eventually became good friends. Cool. So they were, they were pretty tied after a little bit. And then 1667, Modiford gave Morgan a letter of mark, which is basically permission, those papers that privateers have that let them be pirates, to attack and seize Spanish ships. Because at that time, the British and Spanish had a feud. Okay. And this led Morgan to be quite a successful privateer leading raids and such. Hmm. And Morgan was eventually named Admiral. And that happened about in the early 1668s. I was about to ask if this was like another version of, you know, like having troops and stuff like that. Kind of, yeah. And so as soon as he was named Admiral, he got to work and he eventually accrued 10 ships, 500 men. And that was joined later by two ships and 200 men from Tortuga. Where's Tortuga? That's also in the Caribbean. Oh. Yeah. It's a little island. Cute. That's also in the Pirate Side of the Caribbean movies. Oh. Yeah. I need to watch those. Yeah. Freshen up. Okay. <laughs> so this letter of mark that was given to him from Modiford allowed him to attack, attack the ships at sea. But like I said before, late raiding land was not strictly allowed, despite the profitability from land, because most of people's possessions was on land, not on the ships. Right. Unless they were trade, which happens well, a lot too. Okay. Well, what? I was just going to say, like, I feel like land has a lot more, like, complications to it. It does. It does. Kind of, but at sea also, you know, there's not much place. To, I mean, there's everywhere to go, but yeah, not much place to hide, you know. True. Yeah, in the open sea. If 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 they ended up raiding the land, none of the plunder that they received from those raids would go to the government because of the restrictions and everything. So legally, so, they weren't allowed to. So if they raided at sea, they had to give their earnings to the government. Some of them. But if they raided on land, then they were being legitimate pirates, but of the land. So they Correct. were just being criminals. <laughs> <laughs> well, pirates did a lot of land stuff, too. So, <laughs> so criminals. So criminals. I mean, pirates were criminals. So, yeah. <laughs> sea criminals. I know, but like, I, I know, like, pirate <laughs> is so specific to the sea, at least like yeah. in my mind. Maybe it's not, but. Well, nowadays it's uh, specific to the internet. Pir- no. Like piracy. Okay, yeah, but like I mean, I know there are still pirates nowadays. I know, but like when you think of a pirate, you think of you're someone right, on a boat. You're right. You're right. I do think of someone on a boat. I think of Johnny Depp, Captain Jack Sparrow. Exactly, the OG pirate. I know he's not the OG, but right. like he's the king pirate. He's the king. Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to get into technicals. Anyway, technicalities. So there was one loophole, however, with this whole raiding on land. Okay. Was that if there was any potential evidence of the whoever they were raiding was planning an attack against a, a British territory or whatever, they were allowed to attack it. 
Wait, what? Mm-hmm. That was a little no, loophole. No, I don't get it. Can you say yes. that again? So, the loophole behind the whole reading at land and how they're not allowed to do that, the loophole behind it was that if there was any evidence that there was going to be a potential attack from an opposing uh, country or whatever, territory, that they were allowed to go in and and read so let's say they like stop off on an island that is not british territory mm-hmm. and someone comes out with a gun like pointed not, at them or something. not at them it's uh plans to attack their territory so british territory so oh, if so they see well while they're docked or something ported or whatever if they happen to see something that could potentially be something that they're gonna i don't know plans to so I'm picturing this like wild western movie type scene where someone walks into a saloon and there's a bunch of guys hunched over a table with like a map and they're scouting out British territories and then the pirates walk in and they're like arr what are you doing yep and that's exactly how they talked (laughs) arr 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 what you doing so like in situations like that which I'm sure happened all the time yeah so that was a loophole loophole yep i feel like if you just got someone drunk enough you can get them to say like they were gonna come shoot up your mm-hmm. town and, and a lot have... of people i mean they lied obviously because it doesn't, didn't necessarily have to be provable evidence preferably i guess it did oh okay um so kind of just like their word but against yeah exactly them. like he said he said he said she said exactly so morgan intended to attack the city havana and he saw that it was too well defended, so he changed his target to a place called Puerto Principe, okay. which was about 50 miles or 80 kilometers inland. Okay. Now, sadly for Morgan, the hole that he was expecting from this raid was not as much as he expected to, and that led his crew to start resenting him <laughs> and his decision. Okay. So in Morgan's report to Modiford about this whole raid, he claimed that he had the evidence of a potential Spanish attack on British territory, mm. which, you know, goes to his loophole. Sure, sure. And Morgan then announced to his crew that their plan to, uh, he had a plan to raid another city, Portobello. Portobello? Which, yep, exactly. Portobello. <laughs> which was the third and strongest city on the Spanish main. Cool. Mm-hmm. So being that strong and that big, you're bound to get some pretty good targets Mm -hmm. on your back oh no i get what you're saying like get pretty good uh reward exactly and not only that not only because it's big but portobello was also also a very profitable city because it was um in a i guess a convenient spot where a lot of trade happened gotcha yeah so that would be Mm -hmm. at least from the outside it would look very appealing if you were a pirate Mm -hmm. but the city was also well protected yeah Yeah. rightfully so so while they were, um, you know, planning their attack and everything, there was an argument between a British person and a French person on Morgan's ship. And the British ended up killing the Frenchman, and then the rest of the Frenchmen on board got mad. And then they tried to kind of react to this, but then Morgan stepped in and he said, don't worry about this. This guy was way out of bounds. The British guy was way uh-huh. out of bounds. We'll take him back and we'll hang him basically is what they did which okay. he did he he uh <laughs> followed through on his word Ooh, but the french know. was still upset because of the lack of money from their last haul and then you know the death of the comrade of course and they all left morgan's crew 
You know, so. I know this is legitimate history, but it's playing out very much like a movie in my mind. Yeah. Anyways, keep going. And, you know, a lot of history is kind of romanticized as well. I mean, a lot of pirates, are, pirate stories especially, are romanticized. Because in, in my mind, at least, I feel, when I think about pirates, I'm, and, you know, watching Pirates of the Caribbean and stuff like that, I'm rooting for the pirates. Screw the Navy. Right. <laughs> but, you know, they were, in reality, they were the bad guys. Well, yeah, and, like, if you think about, too, when you say romanticizing, a lot of the times, you know, we get the fighting scenes and we get, like, the money shots and, like, them going to bars and having Mm -hmm. a good old time when, in reality, they're stuck at sea on a crowded boat with a bunch of other stinky men. And scurvy. (laughs) Can you say it one more time? Scurvy. I'm sorry, I didn't didn't catch it. Anyway, (laughs) so before going to Portobello, Morgan went to Port Royal to see if he could accrue any more people. This was on July 11th, 1668. He dropped anchor a quote-unquote short distance out from Portobello. And then they all got in canoes, paddled to the shore, and then were within about three miles of the city. Cool. Or the fortress that kind of surrounded the city. They had barriers and stuff like that. Okay. Within an hour before the dawn, they arrived at the first castle, the first fortress, and they took it over. Wow, without, just like that. Without much complication. Hmm. Then they moved to the next two castles. Same thing, not too much complication. I thought you said this place was e- like uh, heavily guarded. Yeah, but it was also an, at dawn, and I guess he still to had sleep. he still had quite a bit of men as well. Gotcha. In between these attacks and everything, he only lost 17 men, and 32 of them were injured. Out of the, I think it was 400. Wow. I didn't write that down, but I think it was like 400 men that he had. You did mention that he had about 500, and then another couple ships came on with 200. Yes. So, or like with the whole fleet of ships there? Uh, yeah, all of his stuff, all of his ships were. Cool. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I would I would guess that it would be around 500 then, yeah. at least. Yeah. Cool. I mean, that's good odds for him. Yeah. And so this raid was actually praised for its cunning and its good timing. Because, yeah. you know, before the dawn... Right before shift change, I guess. Yeah. It would probably be so much easier to raid a place like that when, you know, there's no internet. Mm-hmm. So you can't warn people that they're coming as easily as we can today. Right, right. And they didn't even have, like, you know, radio or anything like that. They had just bells. And, and those towers and, and stuff. They, was, they probably have, like, horns to... Yeah. And if they were stealthy enough, then they could have got to them before. Yeah, for sure. Anyway. So, they remained there in Portobello for about a month, and Morgan wrote to Don Augustine, who was the acting president of Panama, and he demanded ransom for the city of 350,000 pesos. In that time, it equaled to about $18,000. Mm-hmm. Today, it was $1.2 million. Nice. Yes. So, the Don responded with an attempted attack with 800 men, and they lost to the privateers. Wow. To Morgan's crew. Mm-hmm. Wow. And then they renegotiated the ransom to 100,000 pesos, which was equivalent to $5,000, or today, $345,000. Which is a significant drop, but still a lot of money. Still a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So Morgan went home, including all his all the stuff that he gained from the raid as well. He went home with about seventy to 100,000 pounds. A lot of these numbers and quantities are kind of all over the place. But that would have been equivalent to 80000 to $113,000. Okay. So... Uh, or today would have been 
five point a little over five point five million dollars to seven point eight million dollars. Holy! <laughs> and then from this, each privateer got a hundred and twenty pounds, which was five to six times more than the average yearly salary of that time. Wow! Mm-hmm. We're in the wrong profession. <laughs> That's what I thought this whole time. Like, why can't I be a pirate? I'm just kidding. So Morgan himself took 5% of that haul, which was about $276,000 to $391,000. And then Modiford got 10%. Wow. Mm-hmm. So double that. <laughs> and in Modiford's report to London on the actions that Morgan had, he told them that he had reproved Morgan for acting outside of his commission because he raided on land. But the country saw him as a hero. The country of Jamaica saw him as a hero because he brought all this money back. And so they were no longer struggling economically. Sure. Mm -hmm. Loopholes, I guess. They're like, hey, that was bad. However. (laughs) But money. Just sign the check. Maybe add one more zero. (laughs) So shortly after returning, he went back out with his 10 ships and, oh, 800 men. That's where it says it. 800 men. Okay, so we mm. were both wrong. <laughs> so yeah, he, he went back to Jamaica and then shortly after just went back out with all these people. And then he docked at a small island he allegedly used often as a rendezvous point. And there he was joined by a former Navy frigate or a warship named the Oxford, which was sent by Modiford and, and Morgan made it his flagship. So his main ship that he, that he sailed on. Dope. But sadly... That ship got lost in a little mishap during a captain's meeting Ooh. where the captains of his fleet kind of sat around in his quarters at a table and they discussed it and they were having a party. The rest of the crew were having a party outside of the captain's quarters and had a mishap. It with... blew up? Yeah. And four of his ten captains died and the rest got blown off to sea, including Morgan. Oh my gosh. They, they like... So explosion four died <laughs> and then morgan and uh, the other five went or six. what were they doing that would cause a ship to blow up i don't know i don't know i'm assuming it involves alcohol oh a lot of alcohol that's all they did don't drink people yeah don't drink comma people <laughs> don't drink people either <laughs> punctuation matters <laughs> edward Cullen, are you listening <laughs> just kidding so because of this sorry you're gonna say something (laughs) have you seen that meme it's a um it's the picture of that fish with the scales with like the the rainbow fish you know Mm -hmm. the children's book you know talking about fish yeah rainbow fish (laughs) this is the skin of a killer bella (laughs) (laughs) it's horrible Oh my you get it? <laughs> yeah, I get it. Edward was so sparkly. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Anyways, carry on. Do you need that Mountain Dew? <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired. I no, I won't. Only if you want to split it with me, but... No, it's okay. I think we'll be fine. Yeah, we'll be fine. Anyway, so Morgan had big plans for future raids and everything, but they were foiled because of this whole caboodle. And that forced him to choose smaller targets for his raids. Oh, bummer. Yep. Um, so the first raid, the next raid, was Maracaibo. So they were ready and prepared for their attack, but found the place empty, except for a trap waiting for them, which was a bunch of powder kegs and a slow-burning fuse. So they walked in and saw, yeah, a whole bunch of barrels of gunpowder. 
and you know a few is going leading up to them to go again (laughs) but morgan walked up to it and just cut it not with scissors doing scissor cut but he cut it wow to stop the explosion okay i mean that's smart but also i feel like if i saw that i would have just booked it right right anyway so this was at the fortress that kind of secured maracaibo okay and then they went off to the city of maracaibo which was also empty okay and this crew went to go find the residents that they found kind of in the surrounding forest Mm -hmm. and they tortured them to find out where they kept their treasure that's not okay that's not okay then the next one next way that they did was to gibraltar gibraltar Gibraltar. however you pronounce that word we have problems with pronunciations yeah (laughs) to gibraltar my defense is um i talked to a one-year-old all day same multiple one-year-olds just kidding love you guys Anyway, <laughs> so the next raid was to Gibraltar, uh, but the townspeople there refused to surrender, and they sent cannon fire, which kept kind of Morgan at bay, okay, and everything. And then he eventually just left. Gotcha. He didn't want to. Fight fire with fire. Yep, or running away. <laughs> Fight pirates with fire and gunpowder. There you go. <laughs> so some more notable raids. I guess just one more notable raid is all that I have written down was the attack of Panama. And from this one, without going into details, from this one, he hauled about 140,000 to 400,000 pesos. Nice. Yeah. So he's a pretty successful. He's pretty successful. He, like I said, he's one of the more notable ones. He kind of introduced the whole, not, not he himself. He didn't single-handedly do it, but he was one of the ones who started off this whole golden age of piracy gotcha other notable pirates <laughs> include francois lolanay who served under morgan he was one of the captains cool not the one not one of the ones that died gotcha roche brasiliano who also sailed with morgan and he from the sounds of it he was kind of a douche <laughs> i'm sure they all had lovely personalities <laughs> joseph bradley who was friends with roche and he helped morgan with the raid on panama the last one that I mentioned. Mm-hmm. But he died in the Panama attack. Oh. But while he died, he also successfully captured the city for Morgan. Not not Panama City. It was another outlying city. Sure. But pertinent to the whole to the whole raid. Gotcha. Okay. And uh, next one is Daniel Montbar. And he was known as one of the most violent buccaneers. Reason being, so he was born to a wealthy family. And he had the Spaniards for many reasons. But one of them included... As a young boy, he read about the conquistadors. Okay. And um, also, they killed his uncle while he was out traveling with him. That would do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they were in, going to the West Indies, and the Spanish raided their ship and killed their uncle. Yeah, and then the ship was sunk, and he ended up in Tortuga. So, you know, pirate hub. Gotcha. And he attacked lots of... He focused primarily on Spanish settlements, because he hated them so much, and he would... Do a lot of, you know, the scalping and roasting people, that oh. kind of stuff. He was he was pretty the violent. The violent stuff. Mm-hmm. Has anybody attempted to make a movie about this? Um, Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay, but no, but like this, these specific stories, because these not, are pretty not cool. Not these specific ones. Henry Morgan was a pretty popular one. 
like I said, he was the more notable one, and he's mentioned, I think, in some romanticized pirate books and films and huh. stuff like that. But um, we'll we'll get to some of the more famous ones though. Okay. And I'm I'm sure you've heard of the, those other ones too. All right. So Henry Morgan went on to be knighted as a quote unquote bachelor knight. Bachelor knight. Bachelor knight, which was basically a knight. So he had knighthood and everything, but he didn't have the same chivalrous orders as the regular knights. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like I guess kind of how knighting is today, like you know, Sir Patrick Stewart. So Ian McKellen, those people, they've been knighted. Scott Disick. Sure. I don't know who that is. <laughs> it's Kim Kardashian's baby daddy. Or not Kim, Courtney uh, Kardashian's baby daddy. Oh, cool. Was he knighted? <laughs> yeah. Oh, weird. <laughs> so Morgan was also appointed as the deputy governor of Jamaica with orders to get rid of the piracy in Jamaican waters. But he sa- he still kept some of the connections that he had with you know other pirates, privateers, okay, stuff like that. Then 1682 comes along, as well as a Dutch pirate, Lawrence de Graaf. But before uh, Morgan and de Graaf had kind of a, a connection, de Graaf was setting up his pirate-slash-privateer reputation, including involvement in raids and capturing multiple ships and turning them to piracy. <laughs> and his career became so successful that Morgan had caught wind of his doings and Morgan six some pirate hunters on them. Ah. Mm-hmm. So at the same time, the Spanish were getting mad at all the damage that de Graaf had been causing to their ships. Mm-hmm. And they sent their own hunters after him. <laughs> so he had a few people after him. So de Graaf heard of all these people coming after him. And he went out to face them <laughs> when he caught wind of them coming. So de Graaf, he is Captain Jack Sparrow. Yep. Well, there's a lot of check Captain Jack Sparrow's in this. No, no, no. De Graaf shows up, and the Spaniards and um, Morgan are all sitting there, and one of them goes, you are, without a doubt, the worst pirate I've ever heard of. And he goes, but you have heard of me. <laughs> yeah, see what I mean? He's the one that they've all heard of, the one they're all trying to get. Yeah. He is Captain Jack Sparrow. Yeah. He's Captain... <laughs> sure. I, I am going to cede that to you. I'm just... I, I'm putting faces with it, so now he's like the Johnny Depp pirate. Okay. He's the Johnny Depp pirate. So de Graff is the Johnny Depp pirate. So it was it was the Spanish that started approaching him mm-hmm. when he caught wind of them coming towards him. So And he went out to meet them, and the Spanish ended up surrendering after losing 50 of their men. Oh. And de Graff... I don't think he lost any during that one, actually. Wow. Mm-hmm kind of a little side note de Graf also had a little um he had some sp- a spat of mercy towards these spanish people and he sent his surgeon to shore with the wounded captain oh. the spanish captain so good for him yeah that's nice generous morgan said of de Graf that he was a great and mischievous pirate but you have heard of <laughs> and among de Graf's fleet was a ship a ship named the trompus Trampus. It's French. <laughs> um, which translates to the trickster. And that Ooh. was passed from pirate to pirate. Different pirates had the ship. Cool. Some of which was a guy named Pierre Lapin and Jean Fontaine. So while Jean Fontaine had Le Trampus, 
he changed ships to the St. Rose. And then that ship was eventually stolen by a guy named William Kidd. William Kidd. William Kidd. And Kidd was a Scottish kid, <laughs> settled <laughs> in New York at a young age. And in 1689, he was a member of Jean Fontaine, the one who stole it, he stole that ship from. Mm-hmm. He's part of Jean Fontaine's pirate crew. And Kidd and the crew mutinied, and Kidd ended up becoming captain of the ship. And they joined a British fleet. Okay. And among the crew, or among Kidd's crew, was a guy named Robert <laughs> Culliford, and he eventually stole the ship from Kidd. That's oh. why I talk about it, went from pirate to pirate. And Culliford, he wasn't the captain of the ship, but he was part of the new crew who were evidently very successful in raiding ships and towns. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Then Culliford, he went on to pillaging and eventually going to India and being captured along the way. And he escaped four years after and continued piracy. So four years in jail. He was like, no, I want to be a pirate again. So he escaped and became a pirate. Very nice. Follow your dreams, as they say. <laughs> Meanwhile, Kid was entrusted as a pirate hunter during the next generation of piracy, the Pirate Round. The Pirate Round. So, um, Kid, it sounds almost like he was a little bit bitter that he uh, wasn't as good of a pirate as he wanted to be because he got overtaken. Yeah. Sad thing with Kid, like, he uh, he also wasn't a good pirate hunter. <laughs> <laughs> so he's the Jean Valjean of pirate hunting. Oh, no, no. He's the... Jean Valjean is the criminal, right? Yeah. What's the... Javert. Javert. He's the Javert of he's piracy. Javert. Pirate uh-huh. hunting. <laughs> I'm exactly. sorry I'm making all these references. <laughs> You're okay. <laughs> so that leads us to the new generation of the Pirate Round. The Pirate Round. What's that? So the Pirate Round ranged from the dates 1693 to 1700. Among the pirates that reigned during this time was Thomas Tew, also known as the Rhode Island Pirate, because he was from Rhode Island. Hmm. And his first pirate cruise was with a guy named George Dew. So their names rhyme. <laughs> George Dew mm-hmm. and Thomas Dew. Mm-hmm. And so Thomas was given a commission to destroy. So eventually he was just a privateer. Like I said, most pirate uh, pirates were privateers to begin with. His first commission as a privateer was to destroy a French factor off the coast of West Africa. And on their way, both Dew and Tew got separated in a storm. And Dew, he had a broken mask and he drifted off to Saldana Bay. Off the coast of Africa. Okay. And he was arrested by the Dutch. Oof. And Tew announced his intention to turn to piracy during this trip. And he received full support from his crew. Wait, so he wasn't a pirate before that? No, he was a privateer. Oh, so he wanted to just not renew his license or something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Screw that noise. (laughs) And so his crew were very supportive, saying, quote, a gold chain or a wooden leg. We'll stand with you. Oh, unquote. Very nice. Yeah. So he had full support from them. Through thick or thin? Through thick or thin. That's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> so after <laughs> after turning to piracy, he went on a couple of pretty successful cruises. And along the way, he met some more pirates who were trying to kind of copy his successful raids. Mm. And they all ended up joining and sailing together. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Can't beat them, join them. <laughs> exactly. Their group got a pretty notorious reputation, leading the King of England at the time, King William III, to hire 
Captain William Kidd, to hunt them down, but by the time Kidd got to them, two had already died during a raid. Bummer. Mm-hmm. What a... I guess that's good for Kid though, since he wasn't that good of a pirate hunter. It's like the job was already done for yeah, him. Yeah, he'll, he'll come back. He should have just been like, oh yeah, that was me. I did that. Uh, yeah, William Kidd will come back. <laughs> okay. So another pirate during this time was a guy named... Wait, Hen- wait, wait. Is that it for the two and do mm-hmm. duo? Mm-hmm. Rip. Yeah. <laughs> so another pirate... Wait, 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 sorry, I'm sorry. Is there any more about do he got captured? Yeah, no, not much is said after he got oh. captured. I don't know if he was killed or enslaved or just, I don't know. Huh. I could probably look that it That was up, such a cool duo. Their names <laughs> rhymed. Yeah, very short-lived. They probably had a Twitter page. <laughs> or two Instagram. And do, two and do Twitter. On their um, pirate book. Yeah. <laughs> like Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> ha, 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 ha. Ha, ha, ha. Okay. <laughs> So another pirate during this time was Henry Avery, a.k.a. the Arch Pirate, a.k.a. King of Pirates. <laughs> Says who? So not Johnny Depp. Hey. Because DeGraff is already Johnny Depp. Well, okay, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Whatever. Okay, tell me about Mr. Elvis of the Pirates. All I right. mean, the king. <laughs> so, <laughs> so King funny. of Pirates. That was really funny. <laughs> so he was one of the few pirates... Recorded, recorded pirates to avoid capture and death with all of his booty all of his treasure <laughs> I treasure my booty too <laughs> just kidding um, so his I want to say but we have to keep <laughs> so his most famous raid was a 25 ship convoy himself wow. being in charge of this of a small squadron of this which actually included two so the guy who died it included he was part of this he was part of this because this was before he died um i so, would hope so i <laughs> know <laughs> oh, pirates of the caribbean a lot of stuff happened then <laughs> and clearly this is the only instance of pirates yes ever. that was i'm pretty sure that's a documentary <laughs> so this squadron inclu- included two joseph farrow richard want and william mays who sailed with captain kidd okay and thomas wake and the total men of his little squadron was 440. And they attacked Indian ships. Most Wait, of there were 25 ships and there were only 440? No, so of of Avery's squad. Oh, yeah. okay. So there were a lot more people, but we're focusing just on, Got you. on Henry Got you. Avery. I see. The Pirate King. Got you. Yeah, so his squadron was 440 men. Okay. And they attacked Indian ships. Most of the men were captured. But Avery's ship was known as one of the fastest ships at the time. Hmm. Leveled and up. You level up. And he escaped capture after capturing another ship of allegedly the most wealthy merchant at that time. Wow. And he made away with 200 to 600,000 pounds. I told you before, these numbers are very arbitrary. Mm-hmm. I don't know where and it could have been 300,000. I don't care. <laughs> it could have been 200,001. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> But the upward scale of that, the six hundred thousand pounds would have equaled to be about sixty nine million dollars today. Uh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and each of the crew members got one thousand pounds, which was also a lot of money back then. And I'll get to that in a second. But Avery's actions threatened the trade line between English, the English people, and in India. Mm-hmm. So a bounty was set on his head of five hundred pounds, so half of what each of his crew members got. And 
they also offered a free pardon to the one who captured him. No! But it was soon, that bounty was soon doubled <gasps> to 1,000 pounds. Oh my which, gosh. Which at the time was more than the average sailor made in a lifetime. Oh no. <laughs> oh yeah. no. You so know, he this was... is starting to feel like <laughs> Keanu. Keanu Reeves, John Wick. Yeah. It's starting <laughs> to feel very John Wick. Very John Wick. So but like a... pirate version. But pirate version. John Wick the pirate. <laughs> this pirate is this version. is Keanu Reeves. The king. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Okay. Got Keanu Keanu Reeves in my head. King <laughs> so, Pirate. So Avery was kept more or less safe by the governor of Nassau, which was the area that he mainly hung out, upon the condition that Avery protected the town from potential French attacks, as well as bribes that Avery was giving him. Mm. So like he had protection, but eventually the governor was forced to put a warrant out on Avery, but he gave them kind of a heads up, like, hey, they're making me do this, John just so you know, get out of here. <laughs> oh it, my it, it really is kind of John Wick. Wow. So, the um, fact that these things happen in real life. I know. To an extent. Yeah. This was what, early 1700s at this point? Uh, this was, yeah, this one would have been late 1600s. Gotcha. 1690s. Yeah, 1690s. So Avery and his company, they all kind of spread out a little bit, set out individually. Some went to the West Indies, some to North America, and the rest of the ones that didn't go to West Indies or North America went back to England, including Avery. And some of the crew were captured due to the rising suspicion of them hanging around. Mm-hmm. But Avery escaped. After this, his location was unknown. Forever? Basically forever. Ah. There were multiple reported sightings of him, but nothing concrete. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. He's the boogeyman. He's the boogeyman. He's John Wick. <laughs> and his notoriety led governing officials to exempt him from any pardons. Because back then, you could get like a, what they called an act of grace, which basically pardoned a pirate from all their past dues, if past deeds, if they switch sides. Got you, but mm-hmm. he was he exempt was from that? exempt from that. He could never receive any pardons ever. So he probably just like went and hid on an island somewhere, surrounded by his gold, probably and his booty. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So Avery's successes went on to influence many of the 2B pirates in the coming years. Well, yeah, he's a legend. Mm-hmm. And some of them even memorized his tactics. I want to be a pirate And copied this. to a T his raids. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I don't know, when I read that, I'm like, okay, they don't learn after, learn after the first time, they don't learn after the second time. Because <laughs> what I read, there were three different instances on the, on the attack on the Indian trade line that they just they just attacked and got money from it like right. this why aren't you fixing your problem the indian trade line you're you're accusing them of not fixing their problem yes get better like protection exactly i see so yeah avery just kind of disappeared not sure what happened to him dude that's legit actually yeah he you know forget what i said at the beginning he can he can have the crown he is <laughs> king pirate <laughs> okay so Captain Kidd, remember Captain Kidd? I do remember Captain Kidd. He was Javert. Javert. <laughs> he was hired to hunt Avery in 1696. <clears throat> couldn't find him, and he's like, "Eh, screw it, I'm gonna be a pirate." <laughs> okay. But the thing is, the the thing is, I kind of feel bad for Kidd. At, at first, I'm like, "Oh, you, you can lose. I don't care about you." 
But after reading more about him, I'm like, you poor thing. You did not have any luck at all. <laughs> because from the sound of it, he, the, a lot of the government officials were kind of out to get him. Because he, it sounded like he tried to remain loyal. But right. it just, I don't know if it was timing or just his wrong place, wrong time kind of thing. But he was always stuck in these horrible situations. Sure, yeah. So one of the one of these things that happened to him was um, a good like at one point a good portion of his crew went to different pirates. <laughs> so he, he lost a lot of his crew. <laughs> like you're not good enough. <laughs> exactly. That's that's what it was because he was he tried his best to remain loyal mm-hmm. to the government and everything, but his crew just got bored of him and like, oh, we're gonna go off and be with pirates. We want to be with real pirates. Exactly. And so some of the government officials were accusing him of piracy, even though he was not yet a pirate. They, yeah, they were Poor accusing guy. him. Yeah, no. They were I accusing him. Done anything bad. For, <laughs> that's how it was. Because <laughs> it, it was actions that were included in his commission, stuff that he could do. But then they were like, no, that's pirate act. We're going to name you a pirate. So he was then a pirate. It's like, well, all right, I'll lean into it. Sure. And then, yeah. Now, I don't know the uh, intention behind this one or the motivation behind this one, but there was some reason that kid was impersonating a French ship. So he raised, you know, French colors. And he attacked an American hired Indian ship, which was like one of the trading ships. So it was a good amount of money. And he attained a lot of valuables during that time, during that raid, I mean. Way to go, yeah. Captain so go kid. He had one success. Good for him. Way to be. But because of this, uh, England heard about it, and England sent people out to capture him. Oh. And then Kid was also exempted from the Act of Grace, with those pardons. Oof. Yeah, those are the only two pirates that were exempted from that whole law. I see. Mm-hmm. Hey, at least he has that reputation to precede him. Right. So he was caught and imprisoned in nineteen and sixteen ninety nine, and the prison that he was kept in was very harsh conditions, mm-hmm. and he eventually became insane. Cause kid, he was, kid, because he was in there for like two years, and then yeah, seventeen oh one, he was sent to trial, found guilty of all the accused charges, and he was hanged. But he had to be hanged twice because the first time the rope broke. Yeah, so. Ugh. And a lot of people also, after the first rope breaking and not killing him effectively, a lot of people in the crowd that were watching it, because, you know, it was like a public thing back then, were like, no, this is a sign from God. you got to keep him alive. So don't hang him again. But they're like, no, we're going to hang him again. And they hang, hanged him again. And he died oh, on the second time. What a crappy last few moments of your life. I know, right? So that kind of ended the uh, the pirate round. Mm-hmm. that second generation and the next generation didn't happen for another about 12 years because there was a war between the british and the spanish okay called the war of spanish succession okay so not really a much pirate act because everyone was busy with the war so sure. not, mu- not much pirate act between 1701 and 1713 but then post-war comes along something called the pirate's republic the Pirates mm-hmm. Republic. Yeah, the third generation that Redica kind of subdivided into, he called the actual Golden Age of Pirates, or the peak of the Golden Age. This third one is the, the peak? The third one. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it started with 
there were probably more than this, but four that were listed were pirates. Daniel Stilwell, John Cockrum, John West, and Benjamin Hornigold. Okay. Now, Hornigold was the founder behind the whole republic. Sure. He was, the like, the ideas man. <laughs> ideas man. Mm-hmm. Okay. And even though Hornigold, Hornigold was well-respected and he was very a very successful pirate, mm-hmm. a lot of the time he refused to attack any British ships just because, um, you know, he wanted to secure... Because he was still a privateer, so he wanted to cure, secure his privateering operations. Gotcha. Okay. That were commissioned by England. So his crew didn't like that, and then in 1716, they decided to put to vote whether or not to attack any ship they like, the whole crew. And Hornigold was opposed, so they replaced him as captain with a guy named Samuel Bellamy. And Hornigold and all those who were on his side, they were left on a previously captured ship, something that they captured earlier, and he continued pirating. He sounds like a nice guy. Mm-hmm. Yep. And went on to join the crew of Edward Teach. Does that name ring a bell to you at all? No. Edward Teach. What about Blackbeard? <gasps> yes. Yes. This is the story of Blackbeard. Nah. Uh-huh. <clears throat> so with Teach, well, not just the Blackbeard, but he's, right, w- right, he's right. one of the more famous ones. Okay. Arguably the most famous. So with Teach, they both went pirating. And they were both successful, and each captaining their own vessels, and they went on to crew more ships. Okay. We'll get to their successes in a little bit. Let's talk about Samuel Bellamy. He was the one that... Replaced. Replaced Hornigold. Yeah. On his ship. I like him. I like Samuel. Okay. So, Samuel Bellamy, a.k.a. Prince of Pirates, a.k.a. Black Sam... And self-proclaimed Robin Hood of pirates. Oh, mm-hmm. I see, I see. He was the wealthiest pirate in recorded history. Wow. Mm-hmm. His captain captaincy lasted a little under a year, so not too long. Within that time, his crew captured at least fifty-three ships. Wow. Within less than a year, pretty impressive. Yeah. He was described as tall, strong, well-mannered, and tidy. He liked expensive clothes, and he was also a good tactician. Okay. Mm-hmm. Another thing, I didn't write this down, but I thought this was kind of cool. He had a favorite set of weapons, which were four pistols that he had attached to his little sash that went across his torso. Yeah. Cool. That was kind of cool. So among his greatest accomplishments was the capture of Widder Galley. Okay. Widder Galley, which he chased for three days before he was close enough to attack. That was a ship? Mm-hmm. He was a ship. As soon as he was in range, he shot, which led the ship to surrender. <laughs> One shot? <laughs> One shot. One shot's all it took. <laughs> and in Bellamy's good character, he offered a trade. So it was his ship. He had two ships. Um, so it was his smaller ship, the Sultana. He was named the Sultana for the Widder. Okay. They, he just wanted to trade because the Widder was better, bigger. Bigger ships are better. The bigger, the better. So they they accepted that trade. So he now had the Widder in his fleet, and he named that his flagship, his main ship. So Bellamy departed with his newly acquired flagship and headed for New England. Now, another notable story of his, which kind of is related to this. So there was one time where Bellamy captured a ship, 
that was captained by a guy named Captain Beer, B-E-E-R. Okay. And Bellamy wanted Beer to keep the ship, but the crew, Bellamy's crew, wanted to burn it. And also, Beer, he, um, Bellamy offered, or invited rather, Bellamy invited Beer to join Bellamy's crew. Beer declined. And Bellamy said, there's a quote by him that was really cool. I'm going to pull that up real quick because it was too long to uh, write down. Okay. So Bellamy said this, quote, I am sorry they won't let you have your sloop again. Sloop was the most common type of ship back then, pirate okay. ship back then. I am sorry they won't let you have your sloop again, for I scorn to do anyone a mischief when it is not to my advantage. Damn the sloop, we must sink her, and she might be of use to you. Though you are a sneaky puppy, and so are all those who will submit to be governed by laws which rich men have made for their own security, for the cowardly whelps have not the courage otherwise to defend what they get by knavery. But damn you altogether, damn them for a pack of crafty rascals, and you who serve them for a parcel of hen-hearted numbskulls. They vilify us, the scoundrels do, when there is only this difference. They rob the poor under the cover of law, forsooth, and we plunder the rich under the protection of our own courage. Had you not better make them one of us than sneak after these villains for employment? And then Beer replied, little pause in his quote, Beer replied that his conscience would not let him break the laws of God and man, and Bellamy continued, saying, quote, You are a devilish conscience, conscience rascal. I am a free prince, and I have as much authority to make war on a whole world as he who has a hundred sail of ships at sea and an army of a hundred thousand men in the field. This is my conscience tells me. But there is no arguing with such sniveling puppies who allow superiors to kick them about deck at pleasure. Quoted by Captain Bellamy. Nice. So that's where the kind of Robin Hood comes into play, where he's mm-hmm. very kind of... Uh, aware considers himself very noble yes exactly and i i agree i think he's cool (laughs) so uh, he's the guy that likes to give speeches yes his crew's probably like oh my gosh here we go again (laughs) probably so like i said before bellamy had departed with his um his new ship okay and headed for new england and while approaching cape cod bellamy allowed a member of his crew to visit his family Meanwhile, Bellamy captured many smaller ships in the area, mm-hmm. and then the widow, this is sad, the widow was caught in a violent storm off of Cape Cod, and on April 26, 1717, only nine survived, which did not include Bellamy. Aww. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, this is kind of fun, the widow was later found, the ship that sunk, was later found in 1982. Wow. So, 30 Long years time. ago, 40 years ago. Yeah. And it was found to contain four and a half to five tons of treasure, including massive quantities of indigo, ivory, gold, and uh, 20,000 to 30,000 pounds of sterling. Sterling silver. Holy cow. So yeah. like a legitimate pirate ship full of gold, <laughs> full of treasure. So, okay, in that case, who gets to keep all that? I, I think it goes to a museum. The money? Yeah. The government doesn't just like. No, that's not true. I'm sure some, a lot of it goes to the government, but I'm sure they keep also some for museums. That's insane. Mm-hmm. Did you happen to look up where any of the memorial memorabilia for that is? Mm-mm. Oh, 
we should find that out. We should find that out. Oh, another thing. So remember William Kidd? Mm-hmm. He apparently has buried treasure that's still yet to be found. Ah. Some people have claimed to find something close to it. Okay. Like in Madagascar, I think it was 2015. Uh-huh. Some people claimed to find it, but it was a false claim. Ah. Yeah. So keep your eyes open for treasure, everyone. <laughs> we need to get like uh, some lonely scholar that teaches in a college that is destined to be a, a treasure hunter. Okay. Indiana Jones, where are you? <laughs> All right. So going back to Blackbeard. So like I said before, Teach sailed with his, I guess, mentor, his captain, his former captain. Okay. Um, they both sailed together. They were both successful. And they each captained their own ships. And in September 1717, they both ran into a guy named Steed Bonnet, who was previously a military officer but recently turned into a pirate. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It happened a lot. Yeah, I believe that. Now, Bonnet's men, they were apparently unhappy under Bonnet's command. Okay. So, Teach asked Bonnet if he could take command of his crew and his ship, which was called the Revenge. Wait, he, like, asked him? Mm-hmm. And he, he agreed. He's like, sure, whatever. Take my crew, take my ship. Wow. Yep. That's very cordial for pirates. I know. And then Teach later gained control of another ship, a French merchant ship called La Concorde which was formerly an English merchant ship called the Concorde. Okay. <laughs> Big difference. And Teach... Well, of course, one's English, one's Spanish. Yes, <laughs> true. So Teach gave um, the smaller of the two ships, which was the Revenge, the one he got from Bonnet. Oh, okay. And he gave that, and he took the, the Concorde, and he renamed it Queen Anne's Revenge. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm, which is the famous ship. Blackbeard's famous ship. Gotcha. I didn't know that. Yep. And he took this ship and loaded it with 40 guns or cannons. Okay. And teaching his crew, they went on to expand their fleet very quickly. I think it was like within a couple of years and he already gained a few ships. So this is probably obvious at this point, but is Teach Blackbeard? Yes. Teach okay. is Blackbeard. Okay. Edward Teach is Blackbeard. Do you want me to refer to him as Blackbeard instead? Yeah. Will that help you? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I have Teach written down. I wrote down that last name because... Well, Okay, you can keep saying Teach. I just wanted to make sure we weren't talking about two different people. No. Teach is Blackbeard. Okay. All right. Now, among the first of the ships that he captured was a merchant ship that was captained by a guy named Henry Bostock. Okay. And there were reportedly no deaths during this raid, just robbery. And from this, we get the first account of Blackbeard's appearance. Henry Bostock described him as, quote, a tall spare man with a very black beard which wore very long. Wow. Mm-hmm. And there was another description of him that I have right here. And thus the name Blackbeard was born. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically. <laughs> now, this one's kind of cool as well. This one was, I don't know who quoted this one, but it was in 1724, and they described him as, quote, such a figure that imagination cannot form an idea of a fury from hell to look more frightful. Wow. Unquote. Yeah, so they're saying if something were to come from hell, like a demon or something, Blackbeard's more frightening. Wow. Yeah. So Blackbeard apparently had a very uh, solid opinion on looks because uh, what he did as well to kind of intimidate his opponents was he put 
uh, like I think it was firecrackers or something or slow lit fuses in his beard. <laughs> and that actually, I think that is part of one of the pirates movies. I was gonna say that sounds like something they would do. Yeah, because then like it causes like this kind of smoke to come out of his beard, which looked pretty freaky. I'm assuming. Yeah. So yeah, he was he was all about appearance, getting to the other people's head. Yeah. By 1718, Teach appointed himself as Commodore of his fleet, and this was at the peak of his career. I tried counting how many ships he did he had. I couldn't get an exact number, Ballpark. but it was it was like between between ten and twenty. I'm pretty sure. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty pretty good. good. And they're all under his command. It's pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? So, Hornigold, he heard of this. This was back in 1716, so I skipped over this. But back in 1716, he heard of a pardon that the king was giving out to any pirates. Mm-hmm. So, Hornigold accepted the, the pardon. And he himself became a pirate hunter under the command of, at the time, was the most feared pirate hunter, Woods Rogers. Okay. Now, as a pirate hunter, Hornigold was very successful. He eventually was commended by Rogers, and he was assigned to the protection of a shipment of valuables to trade with the Spanish. And then on his venture, his ship got caught in a hurricane, got wrecked, and Hornigold died. Sad day. Yeah. And then another pardon came out a couple years later, and Bonnet, remember Bonnet? Mm-hmm. The guy who Blackbeard stole his... Not stole the ship, but asked if he could take the ship. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He was considering accepting it. And so he took a small boat a small boat to Bath Town to accept it. He left his ship and his crew at Beauford, where they were docked at the, at the time. And he had every intention of coming back. I guess he and... This wasn't reported, but apparently they had some kind of deal where Blackbeard would leave all of the stuff that he had, including his crew and everything in good condition. But Blackbeard had taken all the valuables from the ship and he marooned the crew. What does that mean? He left them, abandoned them. Gotcha. So that led Bonnet to be very mad and he wanted to get revenge on Blackbeard, but he couldn't find him. (laughs) So he went back to being a pirate. Okay. Shortly after he became a pirate again, so he accepted the pardon and went back, got mad, looked for Blackbeard, couldn't find him. He's like, screw it, I'm going to be a pirate again. And then shortly after he claimed that he was going to be a pirate again, he was captured, and all of his crew except for four were hanged. Including him? <clears throat> mm-hmm. Wow. Yep. So that's the end of Bonnet. And Blackbeard took off with one of the captains of his fleet, Blackbeard's fleet, Israel Hands, and he made for Bath Town, and then they went to a place called Okracoke. Okracoke. That's fun to see. Okay. And that's where Teach preferred to drop his anchor because it was an advantageous advantageous <laughs> location. Okay. I guess I had a pretty broad view of everything surrounding so they could see if ships were coming in. Good place to spot ships and attack. Yeah. And it was here that he was accompanied by another group of pirates, including Charles Vane, who he was one that rejected the pardon, basically in front of this guy was Rogers, the pirate hunter. Mm-hmm. And he escaped him. That story is actually kind of cool. So what happened was he was, um, this guy, Charles Vane, he was stuck. And Woods Rogers had kind of trapped him in this little bay area. Okay. With four different 
I think it was four different ships. Okay. After he declined this invitation to accept the, the pardon, he lit a ship on fire, what they called the fire ship. He lit the ship on fire and directed it towards the other ships that were blocking his way so he could escape. Wow. And his intention was to burn a couple of his ships so he couldn't be followed. He ended up, only ended up hitting one of them, but he made it so he had enough space so he could escape. And he escaped. Wow. So that's kind of a cool story. So yeah, there was Charles Vane in this little group that Blackbeard had met up with. So it was Charles Vane, Robert Deal, and a guy named Calico Jack, or Jack Rackard, okay. who was actually part of Charles Vane's crew at one point. Okay. So another little side note about Vane, he was also known for his cruelty towards the sailors of ships that he captured. Oh. And he was one of those ones that would, you know, beat them and whatever. That's not good. It's not good. And I there can't was even put funny things in his beard. <laughs> I don't think he had one. Well, that's his problem, right? And there was one time where they were, there was a large French ship. It was twice as big as their one, and Vane wanted to retreat because the ship kind of turned towards them to attack. So Vane's like, "Okay, let's retreat. We're gonna lose." But then Calico Jack, he's like, "Nope." And a lot of other people as well. The majority of his crew were like, nope, no, we want to attack it because think of the spoils that we could get from it. Mm-hmm. And so they kicked Vane out. Calico Jack was named the captain. And he gave Vane and his supporters a ship and provisions so they could get away and whatever. Gotcha. Calico Jack, he's most famous for um, having two female crew members. Oh. The names of Mary Reed and Anne Bonnie, who was his lover. Oh. Yeah. I was actually wondering that. Like, do any of them have They do. Girls. They do. <laughs> um, a lot of them had children uh, as well. Like That's Sam so interesting. Yeah. Sam Bellamy, I think it was. Who um he wasn't his wife, he was just like a little um fling. Yeah, kind of like a little fling. And this girl was like super infatuated with this pirate and uh, like said that she was gonna wait for him and everything. She got pregnant, had a baby. This is a sad story. Um, had the baby and she went out to go get some stuff for the baby but she left the baby in a barn and the bar- the baby ended up stroking on a bit of straw and died and that lady was actually um, tried for murder Aww, child murder that's so sad it was really sad that, that made me really sad but anyway so Blackbeard and this little group of pirates they eventually got together and the government started worrying about the their whole little posse that they had Mm -hmm. so pursuing teach was now their biggest priority so a guy named lieutenant robert maynard located blackbeard ship that was anchored at okracoke he kind of started headed towards blackbeard and then the battle broke out teach was very unprepared because he had no idea what was happening and likely they were drunk and he only had at the time one ship at his disposal and only a handful of his crew Mm mm-hmm and, you know, plus the element of surprise, they were at a huge disadvantage. Sure. Maynard eventually cornered Blackbeard, and Maynard's crew ganged up on Teach and killed him. That happened in November 1718. Dang it, Maynard. Yeah. Now, Maynard beheaded Teach's corpse, and he hung hung it from the, the bowsprit. That's horrible. Mm-hmm. After he beheaded and everything, he kind of examined Teach's body, and he saw that he was shot five times and cut at least 20. So he he endured a lot before he died. Like, good for him. Wow. So after he got back to, you know, where he came from, Mm -hmm. Maynard, 
he put Teach's head on a pole at the entrance of a place called Chesapeake Bay as a warning to pirates and as a greeting to other people. <laughs> I feel like that sounds like a... Like Pirates of the Caribbean. Like yeah. as like a warning to pirates. Yeah. And as a greeting. <laughs> yeah. Hey, how's it going? Look at this head I've got. <laughs> Basically. Oh so, my gosh. This is the last pirate. Okay. This guy's also really cool. And you'll see why. Okay. Alright. So he's arguably the most famous pirate of his age. Mm. Almost successful. Okay. His name was John Roberts a.k.a. Bartholomew Roberts, a.k.a. Black Bart. Bart? Black, Black Bart. Bart. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess a lot of pirates back then, because it said that it was unclear why he changed his name to Bartholomew, but a lot of pirates did it back then. Sure. Now, Black Bart was the inspiration for many pirates in the media, including okay. like movies, video games, which included the Princess Bride's Red Pirate <gasps> Roberts. I was wondering about that. I yep. was like, Roberts, that sounds familiar. He was he was a very successful pirate. He had... A I was actually <laughs> thinking about that movie, but I'm like, I've already made so many movie references. <laughs> I can't bring in another sure one. Sure you can. Sure you can. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. So he had acquired in his career 400 prizes, quote unquote, okay. or vessels, so ships and stuff like that. Sure. He was noted for creating his own pirate code. He was a great navigator, which that's kind of how he started his pirate career, was he was um, the second mate, which was the third in charge of the whole crew. Mm -hmm. He was the second mate of the ship, and it was taken over by a group of pirates. Mm -hmm. And they saw this kid. He wasn't very old. I think he was like in like 16, I want to say. Okay. However old he was. Impressionable. Yeah. And maybe he was older. I don't remember. But they saw his talent for navigation. That's what the second mate was. One of his pri primary responsibilities was navigator. Okay. And so they like, hey, come join our crew. So he's like, okay. <laughs> and at first he was against piracy, but he soon saw its advantages. Like, you know, getting lots of money. Mm -hmm. Now, his first act as a pirate captain was to get revenge for his captain who was killed by Portuguese, a Portuguese ambush. Mm-hmm. So what they did is they attacked at night, they killed a majority of the male population, and they stole all the valuable items that they could carry. Wow. Yep. And he also, he had a lot of consecutive consecutive successes, Okay. Uh, which included, you know, capturing ships, plundering cities, other pirate stuff. <laughs> okay. And he had full support from his crew. Like, he, his crew had great morale. Gotcha. He was a great leader. So, very successful career. And then along comes a guy named Captain Shalona Ogle. Shalona Ogle. Okay. I'm just going to call him Ogle. Ogle. He noticed the pirate ships that were careening at a place called Cape Lopez. He noticed his ships because he, he had a lot of ships at the time. I think he had four with him. Okay. So, this. So, Ogle, once he saw them, he steered the ship to avoid a little sandbar, mm -hmm. which gave the pirates the impression that it was a merchant ship running away after they saw the pirate ship, the pirate flags. And then one sh one of these ships um, was under the command of James Skirm. He went off and pursued them. And then when he got close to Ogle's ship, Ogle opened fire and then Skirm, he lost a leg from, um, from a cannonball. 
but he was pretty relentless as well. He's like, I'm going to go down with this ship and everything, but the ship eventually got captured. Gotcha. Five days later, Ogle returned to find the other ships still there at Cape Lopez, and many of the crew were drunk. Hmm. Now, when the pirates saw the ship approaching, they thought it was this guy, Skirm, who had just died. Thought he was returning, but someone recognized the ship, someone who was previously part of this guy's crew, Ogle's crew. He recognized the ship. He told... He went to go tell our friend Roberts, <laughs> and then Roberts got dressed for battle. He he had this he, he had like a little routine. I just picture him like you know putting on eyeliner, and <laughs> <laughs> putting on his fancy overcoat and everything. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he got dressed, and his plan, his initial plan, was to sail past Ogle's ship, and kind of maneuver in a way that they would be able to have a straight shot of it at escaping. But the helmsman, so the one who was driving, drifted a little bit which allowed Ogle to fire grape shots, which instead of cannonballs, it's like kind of little tiny cannonballs all in the one. Yeah. And yeah, one of these grape shots hit Roberts and killed him. No, yeah. he was killed by a grape shot when yeah. it was being, like it was just a draft? <laughs> yeah. That's a horrible way to go. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, there haven't really been favorable, favorable ways to go so far, but <laughs> as a pirate, come on. Yeah, yeah. kind of sad because yeah. he, he, he looked like fun. <laughs> anyway but robert's wish was to be buried at sea with all of his stuff and that was fulfilled during this whole battle before ogle could get his body and his body was actually never found wow yeah it's probably someone's dinner yeah and by someone i mean something like a shark <laughs> oh, stop megalodon <sighs> all right i'm not gonna so- sleep tonight thank you very much <laughs> you're welcome what was kind of crazy about his death was leading up to this because of all of his successes, I didn't go into them because, I mean, I, I could do a whole episode on this guy. He had so much that he did. And all of it was successful, which led people to think that this guy was invincible. And mm. people legitimately believed that back then. Like, this guy cannot die. He is invincible. Sure. They called him bulletproof. So anyway, his death shocked everyone, shook the world. And he actually he was actually known by a few people as a hero as well because of all of what he did. Gotcha. That's being cool. successful in his vocation. So the battle after he died continued for a couple more hours. Only three pirates were killed. That included Roberts. Only three pirates were killed. 272 were captured, which included 65 African slaves that Roberts had emancipated. And this is so sad. When they were captured, they were sold back into slavery. Aww. So like they were just freeing. A, a lot of time back then, with whenever they captured slave trade ships and everything what they did is they gave them the more laboring tasks on the deck but at least they were free right you know and it just kind of sucks yeah that does suck and from the sounds of it like he was a good leader his crew respected him a ton mm-hmm. yeah anyway so this guy ogle he was knighted for his accomplishment and he was the only british naval officer to be honored for specifically his actions against pirates and then Robert's death marked the end of the golden age of pirates. I can see why they say that that was the peak. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of stuff happened. A lot That's of cool crazy. stuff happened. And like I said, I could... That a couple of those guys you could go on whole episodes on. Mm-hmm. I only chose to like pick little bits and pieces from them. Just like, you know, the more notable ones. But Sure, yeah. It almost felt like, um, I don't know, like a spider-man trilogy or something like that where it's like the yeah. first one you're like wow that was insane like that you know that bad guy was so bad but 
Spider-Man pulled through and then like the next one it's like oh it got worse but hey he still pulled through but then it's like the third one oh my gosh it's like things you can't even think of yeah but this one it's like you know all these pirates like you, you can't you don't you don't think that they can get any cooler <laughs> <laughs> and more like invincible and more notable but they do yeah they do so no, out of stopped out of out of all those who do you think deserves the title of Ch- captain jack sparrow are you still going with Graf? Yeah, just for like, just because the image <laughs> of him being chased by um, what's that guy's name? Henry Morgan. Yeah, he was being chased by Morgan and by the Brits, mm-hmm. or the Spaniards, something like that. Yeah, I just thought that was funny because it's like they all want him, mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like, ah. <laughs> I like it. Uh, he was a he was a pretty cool pirate. Reading about him was fun too. Yeah, reading about all of them was fun. <laughs> This this story was initially gonna be just Blackbeard, and I was trying to I tried so hard to find more stuff on because you know it's supposed to be kind of family you know, podcast is family centered so I was trying to find something that was no this is cool yeah. and these are stories like I mean obviously this was hundreds of years ago so you don't really know people that knew pirates but right. like. There are people alive today that have some blood relation to these people. I know it's crazy, or have right? some like. Some legend pie. you mm-hmm. know like the something that happened with pirates and you know i'm sure there's pirates today like obviously a little bit different but yeah um plus i mean the laws are stricter but yeah i don't know it's just super cool this is definitely one of those stories where you like tell around the campfire you know? yes <sighs> yeah. but yeah it was it was initially supposed to be just blackbeard but i couldn't really find too much on him and his crew because that's what i wanted it to be was him and his crew so that it led me to be like okay well who i mean blackbeard started somewhere who uh, which crew was he a part of mm-hmm. and so that led me to that guy horny gold which led well, me to all the, of it was super cool so i'm glad that you group. found it yeah, yeah. oh that, that took me so long to <laughs> yeah i to know dig up it took you like three days. There was so much going back and forth between tabs and trying to line all these timelines up and connecting the dots and everything. Do you have a favorite of all those people? I really like um, number two. Number two. The what? No, the, not number two. Sorry, the one that um, disappeared. Oh, uh, Avery. Avery. Yeah, he was. He was a cool pirate. Yeah. He was a cool pirate. Because he, like, like you said, he was, you know, he got away with so much and he just disappeared. Because mm-hmm. that's one of those where it's, like, the legend. You're like, whatever happened what to happened? him, you can just speculate. Whereas, like, obviously, Blackbeard was super cool and um, Rod uh, Roberts was really cool. But, like, you know how they end. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, unfortunate, you know, their endings, whatever. But with Avery, who knows? Who knows? Who knows, maybe he went off and found the love of his life and hid in a little village for the rest of his life yeah. and had money and a lot of um Yeah, maybe. It's it's very unclear what happened to them. A lot of those pirates that kind of disappeared, a lot of them said that a lot of historians say that they um just became Im- impoverished? What's the word? Impoverished? Yeah. Impoverished, impoverished. Like- like they they went bankrupt gotcha that makes sense yeah doesn't sound like they had like great Im- financial practices Im- impoverished i don't know that sounds right in my brain but okay. i'm also tired so <laughs> it might I not know, be I'm true i'm like starting to 
Sorry. Starting to uh, fade a little bit. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to uh, Ramblings About Pirates. Yeah. Thanks for joining us in for another episode of Fam Family. Sorry that we uh, missed last Saturday. This is coming out on Thursday instead of Saturday, but... We will continue with our regularly scheduled episodes, so we'll have another episode coming out this Saturday as mm-hmm. well. So episode eight on Thursday, the twentieth. Uh, the twentieth. Yep. Thursday the twentieth, and then episode nine on the twenty second, which will be hosted by me. Tune in. I will. <laughs> yeah, you have to. <laughs> um, but yeah, we just really appreciate the support. We're also parents. Miles is a full time student. We both have full-time jobs, so life just caught up to us a little bit this week, and we weren't able to get an episode out on Saturday, but that's okay. Yeah. But, hey, if you tell your friends and family members and all the people you know about us and get them to subscribe or follow us or whatever platform is what, <laughs> <laughs> maybe we can just you know, be super famous and live off the money we get from that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> or we can just be pirates and go uh, there we go. steal people's money. <laughs> that sounds great. No downside. All right, so we're also going to be doing something kind of new as a little incentive slash thank you for those who send in their listener stories. Just a reminder, our listener stories will be the first of every month. So once a month, we'll be doing those stories. We do have a few that we already have, um, but we're always, you know, accepting more. So don't be shy. you got plenty of time. Send them in. And as a thank you, we will be sending a postcard. So we'll iron out all the details with that, but it's just something we've been wanting to do. Um, as like a thank you to you guys i know postcards aren't that exciting but i think they're cool i love getting postcards yeah maybe we can have like a little logo on it yeah maybe custom made postcards thanks again <clears throat> for the fifth time this episode for listening for tuning into fam damley we are eternally grateful and don't forget kids <laughs> obey the captain or learn to swim <laughs>